0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, another episode. Uh, tennis of Melbourne. I have Julian. Julian, um, Julian, you want to say hello to our friends?
1: Hi, hi, everyone. Okay. Hi, tennis community.
0: Yes, um, Julian. Uh, this is actually off okay. So, for all the listeners out there, uh, I just hit up with Julian like literally two minutes ago, and he says yes. And uh, obviously, he's got a two euro at the back room. So we're going to keep our conversation uh, simple instead sort of quiet. So if you're listening, just. Turn it up a little bit. So, uh, thanks again, Julian, for your time. So, without further ado, um, two days ago, 1998, I posted a, a little, I guess, short video of, of uh, the program, and you say you were a ball kid.
1: And yeah, that's right. What
0: What can you remember in 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 that uh, in that times?
1: Well, it was a long time ago, but uh, yeah, back in the day, oh, well, I was a probably a 15-year-old little scrawny kid, and uh, just uh, applied through... uh, I think my coach at the time told me to apply. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, just went down to Melbourne Park for the tryouts and whatever, and I think there was about two or three sort of stages you had to get through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember, actually, I think I got through the first couple of stages and I was down to the last sort of lot of kids to be sort of accepted and I remember breaking my arm to be honest (laughs) and uh, I think I fell over and broke it rollerblading or something and anyway it got to uh, sort of the last tryouts and I turned up with plaster on my arm and they're like what are you doing here (laughs) sort of thing Uh, and yeah I went out I said look I can do it with my wrong hand Mm -hmm. because I broke my right hand and I'm right handed Mm -hmm. and I said look I can do it left handed that's like I'll just try my best and whatever and yeah, they saw that I was pretty good with my left as well because I'm ambidextrous, mm-hmm. and I think yeah they said, look, if you can get your arm right, then we'll, then you're in. So wow. it was um yeah the process these days is a bit harder to get in. I think there's thousands of kids trying to get in, but mm-hmm. back when I tried out, there was only a few hundred, and mm-hmm. yeah, so okay. got in and got to the summer of '98, and <laughs> and uh yeah, and and ended up. I think um my first day I was on on a court out the back somewhere, on the old green plexi-pave courts and mm-hmm. and uh, out the back and I remember they had um, supervisors that used to look after the ball boys and um, I looked up in the stands and I saw one of them there sort of watching me and they sort of assess you and whatever and I remember speaking to some of the kids, some of the other ball boys and they said, look, if you do a good job and they're watching, then you'll get a good court. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I sort of spotted one and I was like, oh, I'll make sure I do a good job and, and everything. I don't think I stuffed up that day. And mm-hmm. the next night, they put me up, like I said, you're on, um, you're on Rod Laver and Ooh. you've got, you've got Pat Rafter. Oh. so, yeah, so, yeah, night two, he yeah. was playing Pat Rafter versus Jeff Tarango. Oh,
0: Jeff Tarango. I don't know if you
1: remember him, but psycho yes. American guy. Mm hmm. A bit and similar he, he to, uh, um, Johnny Mack, actually. Used to <laughs> crack it lefty and. Yep. He used to lose the plot and... Yeah. Yeah, so I was, um... Yeah, so I ball boyed him with Pat Rafter and mm-hmm. Rafter got up and, yeah, it was a pretty awesome experience. And then, um... Yeah, and then from there, I think I did a good job that night and then I ended up getting Rod Labor a couple of days later and a couple of show courts. I think I had Margaret Court Arena and mm-hmm. Show Court 2 and, mm-hmm. yeah, every day was different. You sort of get to the end of the day and then you find out what court you're going to be on the next day and what time you're on, so...
0: Okay, few few yeah. things, few things. One, you did the yep. pet rafter match with yep. the plaster on.
1: No, no, no. Okay. No, so no. In the in the stages when they choose ah, choose right, who's, who's going to be the ball boys. Yeah. Um. So when they're trying to find the the right kids or whatever for the job, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd done the fir- I'd got through the first two stages, mm-hmm. and then I broke my arm before the third stage. Mm-hmm. I think it was the last stage. mm-hmm to uh get a spot as a ball boy and I okay. turned up with a broken arm. Right. Now, so and, and then I got through and then by the time the Aussie Open was on my arm was healed and Okay. And, and, uh, yeah. Um, so I didn't do it with a pass <laughs> on, <arm>, no.
0: <laughs> that'll, that'll be pretty funny. Um back then was there a towel rule where players can bring towels and you deliver
1: towels? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um we just got told you have gotta service the player basically. So mm-hmm. whatever the player wants you just do mm-hmm. So, if they want a towel, then, then, yeah, you gotta get the towel for them. You gotta get a drink for them if they want a drink or whatever it is. So,
0: okay. Yeah. So, now that's, uh, cause I must say, uh, in 1998, I was a, uh, I think we're probably sort of in a similar age. It's a similar mm-hmm. year, And back then, you know, for those who are listening and you guys, if you're like under 20 years old, now back then, the ground pass, you ready guys? Ground, drum roll please. 15 bucks. <laughs> 15 bucks yep. ground pass. Yep.
1: I reckon you're about right. I reckon yeah. it was 15 bucks. Yep.
0: And, and uh, you get to go yeah. in and then literally I don't want to sound bad but like you can literally walk in rot labor when you can.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, back in the day it was pretty free to roam around everywhere and the one the one thing I liked was when not not that year but uh, about 3 or 4 years later was the old Heineken bar that they used to have there and all the players and coaches used to go and drink there and, and sort of the crowd would get involved and and whatever and now they've designated off a whole area on, on those ovals out the front, it's a bit different, a different feel. but know what I problem? like the old days when yeah. Yeah, they had that little Heineken bar near the yeah, show three.
0: Yeah, the problem these and, uh, days, way too many securities. <laughs> just, yeah,
1: there's too many too many rules these days, that's for sure. Yeah, it was no, a different, I, I, different time back then, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I still I still have photos. Uh, all right, guys, if, if you're under 20, just switch off. Listen to something else. <laughs> I think
1: even if you're under 30. <laughs> yes,
0: okay, fair enough. But I, I still remember um, yep. Magnus Norman. I remember the Swedish cheerleading. Man, yep. they were... I would... I, look... If you think the Greeks they cheer or, or mm. um uh who else the Serbians, if you think if you think they can cheer loud, I guarantee uh, you this is this, this is actually my twentieth year uh attending Australian Open, uh helping out the Taiwanese players and all that. But mm-hmm. the first one I went to was nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven and yep. in the middle I had a break, you know, holiday and all that. But I can easily say to all the listeners out there, tenants of Melbourne. The Swedish, they can uh, cheer. They they could not because not because there was like less restriction or whatever. Guys topless, girls are amazing figure. I say this I'm married, I'm okay, so it's all right. Um, but I'm telling <laughs> you they are they are like united. Like uh, Jonas yep. Bjorkman, Thomas Johansson, Magnus Norman, um, and well, I think of- I was listening
1: the other day to something and they were saying they had yeah, back in the day, they had about 10 players or 10, 10 mm-hmm. Swedish guys in the drawer and then a bunch of bunch of girls as well. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like Thomas Johansson, Bjorkman, mm-hmm. Norman, all those guys mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the crowd just, oh. yeah, the Swedish fans just went nuts, didn't they? Oh, they that were was, nuts. Uh, they It was nuts. pretty cool. And,
0: and it, all it takes, like I was listening to them once and then all it takes is one person just making that sound and everyone just yeah. followed. And you know what
1: them? the thing was, though? Mm-hmm. They could actually sing. I know. <laughs> A lot of I these know. fans these days can't sing. Yeah, You've know, you got to just look at the Aussie fans, yeah, yeah. the uh, fanatics.
0: Yeah, and like then,
1: Gareth, who runs that. Come on, the guy needs to look at some singing lessons. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Sorry, and, Gareth. And, and, <laughs> 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 I actually know Gareth, so he won't I mind.
0: I reckon but, uh, uh, the Swedish because a lot of them I was listening. They're they all sort of like the backpackers. They're coming down, and and I reckon they rehearsed yeah. all the night before. You know, h- half sober, whatever you like to call it. Yeah. But then once they get in, man, they were chanting from warm up to the final mm-hmm. match point. And I'm telling you, it's so many times the the matches got interrupted because of chanting, and um, it was just it just raw and it was pure tennis passion. So if if I if there's social media. You know, back in the days, man, it would go viral. Oh, sure. It was just, yeah. But uh, yes, okay. Well, yeah. um, we, m- moving on to to tennis, are you? Uh, were you a play? Were you a player um, in in competitive level?
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I've played since I was uh, I think five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I played state grade pennant for Denny Park for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, from oh god, it was, would have been about two thousand and four or something to maybe two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. I played, yeah, obviously I built up to that. So I played grade one at uh, a couple of clubs, played at Caulfield Rec Mm -hmm. and, uh, Bo Morris and also Dendy as well. Um, yeah, I've played for years and then I went on the, I went and played on the circuit Mm -hmm. in 2012. I played in about 13 different countries on the, on the futures circuit. Didn't go very well, but Mm -hmm. made a semi of a doubles. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, with a, with a Chinese fella in Belgium and, uh, that was good. So we got some points, but, uh, the rest of the year was pretty, pretty dismal, <laughs> but, oh. uh, yeah, it was good to travel and I kind of did it for a couple of reasons because I, because I'm a coach. Yeah. Um, I'd always sort of coach a few players that wanted to do that and mm-hmm. I sort of wanted the experience so that I could help, help anyone that wanted to travel on the circuit and sort of give them some ideas on how to do it. Okay. Well, so I did it for that reason, but I also did it for, yeah, just to get out there myself and have a crack. So, mm-hmm. now, yeah, it was good.
0: excuse and excuse my long-term memory because people <laughs> hate my long-term memory because that's was like, Tom, how do you know this? All right, he, <laughs> this is what happened many, many years ago, guys. I remember, uh, I forgot his first name, but he was something Staniak. He was number one. Yeah, Michael first- Staniak, yes. That's right, that's right. Okay, now, the reason why I know this guy's name was because I think was uh, national championship or state championship, and it was broadcast on ABC.
1: Yep, yep. Remember that? And, no, I don't. <laughs> but, okay,
0: but but all I'm saying is, well, national TV they broadcast like say December Showdown, for example, and yep. I remember that match, and it was I think it was one of the I think it was in the final where he was down like I don't know in the in the in the tiebreak he was like. Five one down, and he came back and won the match, and you know, delivered his speech. Speech, and it was so much. Um, the the tennis back then, it was. It's somewhat. Uh, I don't know. It's it's very exciting. I remember we we we. Um, do do you know? You obviously probably would know. Rob Phillips, uh, Nick Cortica, yeah. yeah. Jamie Gill. Uh, who else was around around our our, our era? Uh, uh, probably oh. not my my era, but a few years a, a, a above me. Yeah, uh, I'm
1: I'm 37. So. Oh, mate. We are like <laughs> so. Robbie Phillips is my, I think, the same year as me. Hicksy, mm-hmm. ben um, like Matt Hicks, probably a year younger, I think. Longridge. Yeah, Longridge is Bri- Bryce Durham, mm-hmm. Dave Spearings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I heaps, heaps of school. players at that time.
0: Yeah, Robbie and I Many. went to the same school, Rice College. <laughs> What's that saying? Rob and I, we went to the same school. We went to. Uh, oh, did you? Yep, yeah, Rice College. <laughs> oh,
1: very good. Yeah, there you go.
0: Um, you know, What did you? Were you always from Melbourne, or did you move from different?
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, yep. Didn't grow up in Melbourne as such, but um, yeah. On the, uh, I grew up in Cranbourne, mm-hmm. so out that way, and then yeah, sort of played played a lot of my tennis in my junior days from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did live in Perth for a couple of years, but mm-hmm. that was when I was young, and then came back and spent most of my time playing at Cranbourne until I sort of started getting a little bit better, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, when sort of Cranbourne Tennis Club couldn't provide sort of the grade I wanted for Pennant, then I sort of moved, so mm-hmm. oh, okay. I knew, I don't know if you know David Spearings, but he was um, one of my good mates, mm-hmm. and he was playing Pennant at Caulfield Rec, and I sort of went across to there with him, and, mm-hmm. yeah, from there, I sort of went, went at a few other clubs and you, you wouldn't my not know my, grade, so. You
0: wouldn't know my coach... By any chance, uh, because I I, I was playing at uh, Box Hill North Tennis Club. His name is Ian Peter Budge.
1: Yeah, no, Budgie. (laughs) He coach you, does he? Hi, Budgie. How you going, buddy? (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, I think the last time I saw him was a few years ago. He was coaching at uh, Ringwood Tennis Club, and I was like, Ian.
1: I I wasn't sure. I haven't seen him for years and years and years. uh, So I used to um, be coached by Paul Cleveland, one of... Yep. Budgie with no cleaver mm-hmm. and uh yeah so they used to be good mates and have a few hits and whatever and a few mm-hmm. other older guys mm-hmm. but uh, yeah they used to hit at Coney and a few other places Doolin Lingard and mm-hmm. Steve Foote and a few other guys so How, how was about um,
0: Boxfield, when, Yeah, in, in the time was and uh, uh the guy who looks after his name is Jeff Lee and his daughter is Vicky Lee and she was a player mm-hmm.
1: She's I'm a coach, I think, yeah, now. Oh,
0: she's, yeah. I, I don't really know her, but when I saw right. her, I was like, is that the Vicky Lee used to, so she's probably, like, coaching elsewhere in, in Melbourne, right?
1: I think she's in Doncaster. Oh, Doncaster. I oh, think. Wow. Yeah, from memory. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, there you go, there you go. Um right. Yeah, I was I was just, oh, okay. Now going back to the, the 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 late 90s because I still I still love the my late 90s. Now, you got you got one answer for this one because I think I posted this uh, question a uh, few days ago. You got one question. Okay. If you can have a hit, like tennis hit, all right, have a session, 1-hour session with yep. either Anna Konakova or Martina Hingis, you who would you pick and why?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm going to say Hingis. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Hingis. hmm Um, because I just rated her. I just thought she was, like, yeah, I think she's one of the best female tennis players of all time. Mm-hmm. I know she she quit early, mm-hmm. but, um, she was almost unbeatable there for a little while, wasn't she? Yeah. So, corner boy, Koma, What are boy, you going to get? You're uh, going to get some good looks down the other end, and, uh, <laughs> that's about it. You might get a few double <laughs> but um, I don't know I think Hingis Has probably got A more interesting Story too She'd be good To chat to
0: I've mm, yeah. uh,
1: yeah, uh, got this Old book actually yeah. This old um, I don't know It's a book On all tennis Players at home And I think it's a magazine, maybe even. And like it's got Hingis in there, and she just seems to like those extreme sports and stuff. So I just reckon she'd just be a bit more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: for those. I uh, think
1: something with her in their jet, jet skiing or something. I'm like, yeah, she'd be excited. I think that's so. those,
0: uh, Victorian tennis magazines or Australian tennis magazines, or f- maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> something. I can't remember. That might be uh, an old AO yeah. magazine or something.
0: Just fun facts for everyone. Fun fact, One of the things I, I think I'm proud of-ish is that I was there when, obviously, Anna Konnikova draws crowd, and I was one of them, and she had a match where she served 26 double faults.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. She was horrible.
0: (laughs) Man, oh, look, Uh, do you think people are there to look at double faults? Come on.
1: (laughs) Who who, who reminds you of Anna Konnikova these days? Me? Uh... Oh, um,
0: I think oh that's a that's a good one. Um, who's sort of there for the
1: looks? uh, I don't want to. I'm going to say Eugenie Bouchard. Oh yeah, that's all right. Rec- yep. I reckon she's there just for looks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. No. No tennis. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Eugenie, if you're, you're listening to... to this podcast. <laughs> hey, she, she had a date. I'm sure she's
0: not. She she had a date and it was something like hundred thirty five thousand dollars for a date and whatever and there was yeah. Oh well, ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I I I personally think that um, if you're going to be on the tour, just stay with tennis as much as possible. Like, like yeah. I I personally find um, you know, like Anna Copa. Yeah. Yes, it's draw eyeballs. But the thing is, just watching her was really painful. Um, yeah. But in in a way. But then the thing is, if you're there only for entertainment, I'm sure there's other platform. Yeah, Jeannie Bouchard. You know, she's she's cool. and you know, she makes she do it. She did well, but. You know, hopefully she she comes back and, you know, play some decent tennis after all this. But um yeah, there's there's actually a couple of like cycles of personalities. Like um do you find Pete Sampras and I look I'm not we're not here to roast or, or rate or whatever. But do you think do you think do you think Sissy Paz is has a bit of that same mentality as Pete Sampras? Oh
1: geez, that's a tough one. I know. I don't nah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to know, isn't it? You don't really get to know them just by watching television,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or just by watching them live. Mm-hmm. I think mean, I think Sampras. You can't even compare the two at the moment. Sitsbus is so young. Mm-hmm. That's true. And yeah. Sampras was an absolute. So before Federer and Djokovic and the dial came along, Sampras was number one in my eyes. I oh, thought he yeah. was, yeah, the greatest of all time. Mm. So I mean, other people can that were around when Rod Laver and that were around could probably argue that but mm-hmm. I never saw anyone better than Sampras mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas okay. pass seems to be a bit up and down and, yeah, true. and whatever at the moment so but who knows he's got a, lot, a long career ahead of him as long as he doesn't get injured or anything so yeah, he could yeah. change it but there his are, game uh, style is different, that's for sure. That's true,
0: that's true. Now, now for those who are still listening, I'll give you kudos, because what I'm about to say, some of the names you probably never even heard of, okay? And I'm sure Julian, because if you love your tennis, you probably know. One of the guys I really, really like from Switzerland, his name's Jan Simerik. You remember this guy? No, no, uh, I don't. So, so he, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a bit lefty. Is it James Simmerick? Yeah, Simmerick. Yeah. Anyway, so he's a bit lefty, and um, and then one time he did something stupid, and he punched a wall so hard, yep. and he fractured yep. he fractured his uh, his hand, and he ended his <laughs> career. <laughs>
1: ended his career, did he? Wow, he ended his wait. career.
0: Okay, another one. Another one. Uh, Jenny McCarthy. No, don't know. Okay, so Jenny McCarthy served the fastest serve. Uh, I think was something like two hundred and twenty for a very long time until I think Venus Williams uh beat her. Uh Chenna right. Rubin. Chenna Rubin. Okay. Uh, oh yeah I know Chandra Rubin.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um yep. Amanda Kutza. Google these things guys. <laughs> yes. uh,
0: yeah Amanda Kutza. Yep.
1: Yeah. Amanda what did
0: Kutza. she do? Uh yeah well, I just had a bit of a crush on her that's all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Ferreira. Wayne Ferreira. Yep. How good it was his uh his, his uh his baseline work.
1: Basically, until, uh, Kevin Anderson come along, he was still the number one in South Africa, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I think,
1: I think. Shout that's... out to, uh, Ruan Roloff, if he's, uh, listening from, uh, South Africa, by the way. Oh, I Traveled with Okay. Him, traveled along and, uh, met him along the way, along the journey mhm good play,
0: right okay well let let's let's uh let's uh look into uh your modern say modern tennis you said you're you're coaching now now do you mm-hmm. think let's say when you were playing and now you're coaching uh were there any differences you know uh modern modern tennis coaching style versus say you know fifteen twenty years ago
1: um yeah definitely definitely when i started coaching a lot of the a lot of the swing paths and on um, the ground strokes especially were were different. Mm-hmm. Um, you used to sorta of teach well I used to sorta of teach, you know, you'd take your racket back to the fence and then you'd swing up over your shoulder but mm-hmm. especially on a forehand, but these days I try and get the kids to sort of wrap the racket around themselves and have a bit more bit more wrist involved. Mm-hmm. I suppose it was a bit more of a stiff sort of looking swing, swinging over your shoulder back in the day. Um but yeah, technology's changed and everything and you can get more rip on the ball now and all the pros are doing it, so the kids want to do it too, so
0: Actually I got a question to ask you as a coach. Do mm. you think or did you think that, say fifteen, twenty years ago, there are more people one hand uh one handed back end than now?
1: No. <laughs> really? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. No. No, i I think what, do you, are you talking about kids or adults yeah, or what? Just,
0: just in general, like, I, I feel like a one handed back end, uh, I mean, for women wise, is it's, it's slower. Definitely backhanded. on
1: the circuit, definitely right. in the, mm-hmm. on the tour, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely a lot more one handers, because sort of still, I mean, back in the day, everyone used to use continental grip, didn't they? So, mm-hmm. that was all one handed. I mean, you had Bjorn Borg hitting two handed, and maybe a couple of other players, but. There wasn't many hitting double handers, mm-hmm. but then, um, yeah, Agassi and all those guys came along and everyone sort of changed to two handed. So I've always thought two handed when kids are young because it's just easier, mm-hmm. easier way to teach. It's, it's easier. You just swing over your shoulder. Oh, um, right. and they've also got two hands on the racket. It's a bit more strength and it helps them out. And then, yeah, down the track, you can always change them to one hand, but, um, I always, I always usually start them off two hands and mm-hmm. and if they look like they're really having difficulty with it or they're really, really um one hand dominant then yeah you might have a go at one hander but mm-hmm. but uh I wouldn't say it's yeah, especially at the younger level it w- it's not It wouldn't have been that many more one handers than two handers. Oh, okay. oh so still more two handers, yeah, when you teach at least. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, it seems to me that every country teaches a little bit different as well. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say there'd be a lot of people in Switzerland learning one-handers at the moment. <laughs> Especially with the and mm-hmm. So Yes.
0: Now, I, I, yeah. I, I do wanted to, uh, that's, uh, because I wanted to keep the convo very free, but in a way that we're trying to, you know, um, have a bit of fun in a way. Now, Australian tennis community was, uh, formed because of you about five years ago. And yep. I just want to know the all the stories behind or most stories behind it because part of me oh, I really was got. Yeah, yeah, I know. Part of me I was I was actually in in that in that uh group and I was kind of uh uh sad and disappointed because the context yeah. is and the content is not player driven, is it's it's, uh, it's whatever it is. Um and now thanks to shout out to Dale for having a a group where we all sort of know what tennis is in general and um, so we can actually have that, uh, we don't feel lonely and we can share our ideas. Now, um, yeah. why, okay, well, first of all, how did it all start and did you, yeah. did, was it just out of control? Yeah,
1: so I think um, from memory, I sort of, I didn't plan it, It just, I was sort of looking around going, is there anything on social media for tennis people in Australia I guess mm-hmm. and couldn't find anything and I'm like, Well, I'm gonna just make a page you know? <laughs> like I'm just gonna make a page and I'm just gonna invite all my tennis mates on there. I think there was about eighty mates or something I had on Facebook that were tennis I just said, Come along, join it and uh, share it with your friends and invite invite other tennis people and Yeah, from there it just yeah, I, I was in, I was running the page for a little while first and it was pretty good early on. Mm-hmm. Um it just got out of hand it just just everyone would invite everyone and I think oh, maybe i 'm not sure exactly if this is true, but on social media, if something gets quite popular then it sort of gets i don 't know I suppose it gets advertised outside what it 's meant to be advertised for and mm-hmm. people everywhere were sort of asking to be invited to the page and I was probably getting a hundred maybe even some days 200 requests to join the page and I had to accept everyone and mm-hmm. um you couldn't just join the page I had to accept their request or whatever it was just getting too much I had a little like well, I had a little daughter on the way and uh I was busy with work and and everything I was just like I'm studying at the moment as well and it was just too much just, yeah, well this is pointless mm-hmm. um and I sort of just put it out there does someone else want to take this on or take it on with me or whatever and and yeah, so there's people that run it now have took it on, and and uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't, don't want to say too much, but there's some people, some people that are on that page that shouldn't be on that page, like that, that just, uh, yeah, get too involved, and and you know, like it almost seems like some of the people on that page just abuse people for the fun of it, yeah, and um, and then you know, people get upset about that, that are. Uh, involved in tennis and that care about it and uh and yeah and then it just ends up with arguments and whatever and it's just yeah. So anyway, I'm i I'm glad I'm out of it and uh I don't have any responsibility <laughs> anymore, which is good. Um I'm not yeah, I am not even on the page anymore. I, I got I got rid of it, I'm I'm out. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <that's laughs> so because but I've joined the tennis zone and yeah as it seems to be pretty good, like, it seems to be there's just players on there and maybe some coaches and maybe some parents and whatever of kids that play, but it doesn't seem like there's anyone that hasn't got an idea at all, mm. and if there is, well, they're not really saying much on there, which is fine, so, mm. but, um, yeah, okay. that's hard, because everyone's entitled to an opinion, but, yeah, some people's opinions just <laughs> aren't right, <laughs> I suppose, so,
0: Okay, well then, on, on the on the last post I made, um, I'm I'm gonna pitch you an idea, and I want you to really be the devil's advocate or whatever you like to call it. Just throw it at me. And uh like my my idea about tennis in Melbourne, apart from before the convo, I was saying you know about appreciation, bringing the community together, and all that.
1: Mm-hmm. And a big part of me,
0: I really want to do something for the players. When I say players, and no against if you are like. If you if you're good but you don't have say WTA or ATP ranking, I'm sure you're still good. But what yeah. I'm saying is people who are professional and yeah, and um, I'm not I'm going to be very cautious about this because I, I have what heard... do you
1: what do you class as professional? Okay, so, I'm <laughs> do you class say... someone as professional if they've travelled like me who didn't get any points but mm. um had a crack. And, or, or do you class okay. someone as professional? I would
0: say I would say if I have to draw a line. Then it will yep. be an ATP or WTA point. But, yep, so it, yep.
1: but
0: if you if you if you travel and not winning points, I'm going to classify you as pro-am, pro am, pro pro amateur. Yeah,
1: I would say I'm yeah a semi. You would you wouldn't say I, I wouldn't class myself as a professional tennis player. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So but, <laughs> a, a struggling one at least. So yeah.
0: so what I'm what I'm yeah. trying to say is I want I'm, I think there are roughly about give or take fifty or more. Players, Uh, Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but just there there is a group of people who are active pro am and active lower ranked uh, professional players who aren't even seen or known during Australian Open in this country. Um, Mm -hmm. And how can I just have a tournament or even events where it's just simply prize money, no ranking? And whoever wins, so so for them is match play, uh, you know, getting some prize money. Um, yeah. From Tennis of Melbourne is obviously trying to reach out to different, um, I guess, different clubs where whether it's four courts, eight courts, I don't know, but it's very much uh, very minimal, I guess, uh, management. So. Um, yeah. We don't need supervisor to say, you know, lines in or lines up because by then, if you're pro M or, or pro, you should know what's the best for, you know, for, for, for the game. So if you have to replay yeah. the point and stuff like that.
1: And, Almost uh, like a casual sort of tournament where there's surprise yeah. money but don't be too serious, sort of. Yeah, I mean, Just it, use it for a bit of match play. and
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so what I'm trying to do is using my platform, Tenants of Melbourne, and in a way that can with can draw some I guess uh, some revenue or maybe selling some merchandise, and yeah. helping and and hoping that um, these these profits all goes to running the event and make the event happen and um, yeah and I'm more than happy to be the volunteer admin or. Um, the sports trainer, because my background is a sports trainer, so to do that, Mm -hmm. and I can't really do it for a week, we can do it maybe for a weekend, say, let's say, 9 o'clock first match, and then, you know, it's probably a draw of 16, or, yeah, it wouldn't be a
1: big draw, yeah, Yeah. you'd want to play two matches on the first day, two matches on the next day, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: or it's 16 on the singles, and, or even, um, 8 for the singles, and then 8 for the dubs, You know what I mean? And just trying to have a bit of population or traffic going on in a certain club, and then I can do my convo or a bit of games. And it's just really about, like, the framework is really designed for the players. And if coaches want to come in to to see it, and even I can have, like, you can have a bit of a handicap where, you know, uh, someone... You know, uh, let's say for example, lucky loser, and someone is not so good. You know, you can have like maybe you know start with a six two or something like that, and and it's all based on discretion and a bit of fun. But then again, I want to get the best out of players if they are uh, want to save up some money for their for the next event, tri- Euro trip or whatever. So that yeah. is the whole idea about whether having a me- merchandise or maybe yeah. a subscription idea uh, uh, a format, and um, just yeah. trying to let the tennis community in large, know that we have players who who are just one match or two match away from their dream, you know, in, a, in an mm-hmm. international level, and how can Tennis of Melbourne do that for them?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. I suppose you have to get the players on board first, don't you?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so,
1: yeah. I'd maybe try and put an invite out to all the players that are ranked and see who's interested. hmm Um... The other thing is in Australia, it's because it's such a big country. Yeah. <laughs> people are all over the place. they scattered everywhere at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah. Even, like, some people are overseas. Like, I think Demonar's overseas and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, but yeah, would probably be too good for this little yeah. <laughs> tournament. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, like, yeah, people are all over the place. So but it'd be finding a venue, which mm. I'm sure you probably got already, and inviting the players, seeing who's keen and seeing if you can get eight People to be involved, or 16 people, or whatever you want. So mm-hmm. you can even go. You don't have to be 16. You could have say 10 or 12. Or it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just give people buyers that are ranked higher and mm-hmm. run it that way. So okay. I just see who's keen and invite the players and see what. Even ask their opinion. See what they see what they want to do with the format and mm-hmm. how they might want to run it. So right, right, okay. yeah. I I'll try and get I, some I, yeah get some feedback from them mm-hmm. maybe put out a questionnaire or something mm-hmm. see what they think so
0: okay okay let's see yeah. uh, if the thing is um I from my past I I, I can easily say that uh, I I I have failed a couple of businesses like horrendously and yeah, that's yeah. all because I think I knew everything And I learned that over the years and over the hard way, uh, financially and just energy wise and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're definitely on the uh, right with, with, with feedback. So, and again, um, I didn't know Tennis of Melbourne will take off because simply I was just thinking just one convo at a time. And next thing I know, we're hitting, uh, 8,600, uh, plays in the last two months. And I was like, that's how these things happen, isn't it? That
1: was like my tennis page. I just thought, oh, you know, I've got a few friends and, uh-huh. might get a hundred people, <laughs> yeah. I think it's up to, I don't know, three and a half thousand people now, mm. like that page, so, mm. I mean, yeah, people just, on social media, it just grows, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm really quickly, you don't um, have to do too much.
0: Now, um, I, I did uh, mention that before the combo, um, tennis journey is a very lonely, very, uh, you can't do everything yourself. Uh, you need a lot of people in support, sponsors and, you know, family, friends to, uh-huh. to assist you. Now, here's your time, Julian. Um, who are you grateful for and what do you appreciate? And uh, this is your time. Take it away.
1: <laughs> putting put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, obviously, at the beginning, it was my parents. They're the ones that drove me around and got me into tennis. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah, so... There was them and then obviously all my coaches that uh that kept me playing and it was more so about just enjoyment when I was young. I didn't really care what I learned as long as I was having fun out there. So yeah, I think I started off at Devon Meadows Tennis Club. There was coach Peter Bronman out there. I'm not sure whether he's around or I haven't heard of heard of him for many years, so I'm not sure whether he's around anymore, but I'm sure someone listening has. Um and then from there I went over to Perth, um, but I cannot remember the coach that I had over there to be honest, so so I've got no one to thank over there, I wasn't there for long. Um, and then, yeah, Clevo, Paul Cleveland's probably one of the biggest ones, or if not the biggest one, biggest influence in my tennis career. Um, he He's the guy that coached me from about, oh, I reckon I was 12 or 13 through to, yeah, maybe 17 or so. Um uh, but then I also started coaching for him when I was in year 12 and and coached for him till I was in my mid 20s. So um but not only that, he used to hit tennis balls with me and invite me along with all the guys that were sort of state grade grade 1 and I was playing like grade 7 I think or something and you know, to invite me along was was pretty nice cuz I wasn't at their level but that's what helped me improve and it's what helped me keep, keep me in the sport and uh he taught me a lot about coaching and and yeah all sorts of things sort of, I had a few things going on at home with the parents getting separated and stuff and he was sort of the guy that I went to for other things other than tennis as well so yeah very grateful for him um and then I moved on after that after my tennis coaching with him I sort of wanted to travel out there and see see what else there was in tennis coaching and and all that and I went off and coached um, with Dean Ellis at Dendy Park, who you might know. uh, Dean Ellis. Uh, um, Yeah, coached with him for probably a year or two, I think it was, down at Dendy Park. And Barry Pryor, um, who also, a lot of people know Baza, sort of gave me a spot in the state grade team there, which was really good. And I think once I started playing sort of state grade, that's when I became friends with a lot of players, like. You're talking about Rob Phillips and those guys earlier. Like, yeah, got to know those guys, and and I um, actually coached with Rob and his old man Noel and uh, okay. at uh Box Hill Tennis School for a little while. So, okay. wow. Just yeah, so those guys, and then um, yeah, a few years went on, and I moved up to Bansdale and was a head coach up there with Aiden Fitzgerald. Um, yeah, I Um Fitz yeah, if you know Fitzy, but we'd been good mates. We played a satellite in Queensland when, in the early two thousands, I think back two thousand and three, and I met him through a couple of other mates, Dave Spearings and James Carlson and and uh we became friends over the years and he's he'd always lived in Bendigo so I never really caught up with him but um yeah, he when I rang him and said, Look, I'm gonna apply for the job at Dansdale, do you wanna come up with me? he, he was all over it, so we spent three years up there, sort of coaching and playing golf and <laughs> playing PlayStation and <laughs> just hanging out. We lived together for a while, so it was, uh, yeah, that was really good. And then when I sort of finished there, I went. That's when I went away and played overseas for a year. Um, so I didn't do any coaching that year at all, really. Um, but. I sort of was coached again. So I got coached again. I was 30 at this stage and, or 29 I think I was. And mm-hmm. Sean Wilkerson, who I'm not sure whether you know, but he's up in, uh, Belgrave Heights and, mm-hmm. um, Vermont South. He became, yeah, a really good friend of mine and, and coached me for a little while before I went away and played. And mm-hmm. I still chat to him, yeah, on a sort of monthly basis and he still coaches and whatever. So he was, he was a yeah a world of knowledge for me, mm. um, not just with tennis but with business and just with like yeah life in general. So absolute champion. Um, if you know know Wilco, he's a good bloke. Mm-hmm. And then when I come back from playing, I did a few coaching hours here and there, and then uh ended up being the head tennis coach at Rye Tennis Club. Mm-hmm. Did that for a few years, and then we were expecting a little bubs and. Decided I wanted to take a step back from sort of running a business. So, yeah, so um, Steve Foote and Brad Gross down at uh, Mount Eliza Tennis Club took me on. And so I've been hanging out with the, with the uh, coaches at Better Tennis at Mount Eliza. And we recently had Frankston Tennis Club, um, been with them for five years. So that's been a good journey. And, yeah, they've got a bunch of uh, young, enthusiastic coaches down there and Christian Creed and uh, Victoria Stewart and a few others, Summer Jones, uh, Mike Vaughan. So, some young coaches that are, a lot of them are studying at uni, but they're still looking to stick with coaching, I think, as well. So, we all sort of work as a good team down there and, and at Mount Eliza and, uh, yeah, sort of work off each other and we're always learning off each other and everything. It's been, yeah, an awesome experience the last five years. So, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Um, and that's where I'm at uh, today Like yes, yeah, so I still coach with those guys And mm-hmm. obviously there's not too much coaching happening at the moment With all this virus, the COVID-19 virus But uh yeah, looking forward to getting back into it eventually So okay. yeah, so plenty of people in my life are, Like a lot of my friends are through, through tennis Or through someone who knows someone who, through tennis Or whatever it is So yeah, it's been a long journey But it's been awesome right
0: there's a, there is oh there is one question that happens to nineteen like literally every combo is because
1: yep.
0: you, you, you mentioned coaching quite a bit now in in yep. your experience and opinion, what is one difference between a good coach and a great coach one difference between a good coach and a great coach
1: one difference between a good coach and a great coach yeah I would say a, a great coach is someone who can relate to person and cares about them like more than just about tennis like cares about them in all the aspects of their life and tries to help them through everything so I would say that's one thing that i've changed throughout the years I used to i would say just be a tennis coach when I was younger, just talk tennis mm-hmm. but uh now it's a lot more than that i yeah when I get a student I want to know everything about them and Help them with everything. I'll ask them about school and about family and life and mm-hmm. yeah, everything. So I think if you get on the same page as them and they really respect you, um, you can get anything out of anyone mm-hmm. but in terms of their effort and the way they play and if they want to stick to it. But, um, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'd say that. I'd say just yeah, getting to know them as a person
0: and, so and
1: uh, really you... relating to them.
0: So when you, uh, cause you said you got a little daughter of a two year old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you have any program or do you have any things or say, hey, you know, pro is tennis is a very hard role. Or do you, do you have any expectations with, with te- her, with tennis? Given that, with she, her? Yeah, given that she's got all the, all the opportunities and, and the facilities. Not
1: at all. Not no. at all. No, I'm just a, a father. <laughs> yep. whatever she wants to do, she can do. I, I, I'll put a racket in her hand sometimes and say do you want to have a hit with dad do you want to do you want to play and yeah if she wants to then great let's go but um i won't push her or anything like that at the moment she's only she's not even three yet so (laughs) so yeah i might just chuck some balls to her and if she hits them she hits them and if she looks like she's having fun we'll keep going and if not then let's go and do something else so yeah i think that's the main thing being a dad, you can't you can't expect too much out of them. you just got to be there for them and sort of guide them through life. Mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah. That's very, very different being a dad to uh, being a tennis coach of a kid. <laughs> that's not yours. Okay,
0: so uh, what if... Uh... Your daughter comes up to you at age nine and then uh, Mm -hmm. watching all these tennis highlights from Instagram. I don't even know Instagram will be around, you know, after something else different. You know, I can just look through their hand and see, you know, all the highlights. But I don't know. Um, But she goes, hey, Dad, I I want to be world number one in tennis.
1: Mm -hmm. What would you say? All right. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Okay. Let let, us go. I'd probably have the conversation. Do you realise how hard this is going to be? Mm -hmm. These are the things you need. These are the things we need to start doing. Mm -hmm. Are you prepared to do this? Mm -hmm. You probably. I'd probably have the serious conversation with her at some stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, and then, yeah. Let's see where it takes us. Like, you can't. I wouldn't crush her dreams or anything (laughs) there's no way i'd do that Mm -hmm. but um uh, yeah i'd be i'd back her Mm -hmm. i'd back her in that's for sure but um yeah you'd you'd have to see i suppose you'd have to start training and pushing her and getting her to hit with people that are are better than her and all that kind of stuff and see where it takes her and if she looks like she can cope with it then Mm -hmm. fantastic so
0: oh, sorry what's her name again
1: her name's blake
0: Blake, all right. So, Blake, yep. if you're yep. listening uh, when you are, I don't know, 12 and thirty, one day. Yeah,
1: one day. Maybe in five years when she understands. Yes.
0: And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to send this clip from your dad, Julian. And then um, you, I, I personally, right now, I'm thinking you are very, very lucky that your dad is thinking like this. You know, she's, he's not crushing your dream. He's guiding with you. He's, you know, if it happens, happens. And that that is a, a, a top quality Parent, okay, um, and uh, and, uh, and uh, earlier today I I already mentioned uh, I had a post a podcast about the uh, tennis parents. Um, so on Blake, uh, I will send you this, and uh, this is out there for forever. So feel free to listen, and hopefully one day you become a, a parent and you can do the same thing for your kid.
1: Now, Julian... <laughs> I bet you when she listens to this, she'll be like, oh my God, my dad's so embarrassing. <laughs> now, uh,
0: um, as for you, uh, do you have one tip? This is the last question before we wrap up. Yep. Uh, do you have one tip for all the tennis parents in Australia?
1: <laughs> do I say it in a nice way? or no? <laughs> i You joking. can
0: say it in any way you want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, just just let them play. Let the kids play. Mm-hmm. Let them play. Be a parent. Be a be their number one supporter. Don't try and be their coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just let the coach be the coach and just be their number one supporter. Be the be positive. Um if they lose a the match, don't go up and hound them about it and no, you did this because of this or you lost because of this or whatever. Just Let them be. Like, let them have their time after they lose a match and discuss it with them. (laughs) Like, be positive. Mm. So that's not saying there's a lot of good parents out there. We like to point out the negative things in life, and, yeah, sure, there's some negative parents, but there's a hell of a lot of them that aren't like that and that are really supportive. Mm. I mean, I see a lot of supportive parents. So, yeah, just be one of those parents that... (laughs) that hounds your kid about a store or whatever, they're not going to help it at all. They're not going to enjoy it. And uh, the way I see it is if someone doesn't enjoy something, they're not going to do it forever. And if they're not going to do it forever, well, they've got no chance of being any good. So you got to you got to have them having fun first. Mm-hmm. And that's something Clevo taught me when I was young, was the kids come to tennis lessons, they want to have fun. If they have fun, they'll keep playing. That's the main thing. So that was always our number one priority: is, kids are going to have fun. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and what, and what yeah. do you think? What do you think? Um, tennis, no, I wouldn't say everyone or every, you, have, you must, but what do you think? Or what are the? What do you think that tennis parents should? Uh, when when it's the right time, okay, because you know when when the player uh, the, the the kids lose and then they want sometimes to help, but when it's the right time, what do you think? Some of the Questions that is very very helpful um, for them to keep enjoying tennis after a post match question or questions.
1: Some helpful questions. Correct. Um, I like to I like to get there. Let's so say, how how do you think you went? How, how do you think you went? Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> you'll know pretty. Sh- pretty well straight away, whether they had fun or not, <laughs> they'll either go <laughs> you know, they'll give you the, the old sad face, or put their head down or crack it or whatever if they didn't have fun and at that time they just shut up and, and say anything for a little bit mm-hmm. but you know, that, some kids surprise you, like kids are yeah, very, everyone's different, but kids especially are very different from each other. and some kids will come off and lose, and you think, God, oh, they're going to be angry, and they'll come off and they'll just won't look like there's a care in the world. So yeah, it depends on the kid. Um I'd just be I usually ask kids, Hey go, uh, um, did you have fun? Uh just simple questions like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nothing too nothing too serious. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I wouldn't be asking like, oh, why did you serve a double fold on the last point or <laughs> <laughs> anything that brings up any negativity, I just yeah, just keep it to yourself right, so now um that
0: right. right for for the for those listeners um currently, this is probably one of my late uh combos, but again, I want to give you know credits for for julian for for sharing these beautiful stories- <laughs> <So> <laughs> <don't
1: remember> anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> currently now now it's ten oh four, and <laughs> this is how this is how sometimes combo can be done now for those who don't know or not all the combos. Is done like in a sort of comfort place. I did a couple of combos uh, a few days ago. I did it in a car. You know, <laughs> I, I went on yeah. the side of the road and I did a car and I had to record it. So, um, uh, Julian, I, I, I will say this, well, first of all, thank you for your time. And secondly, because I feel like, there is uh, a lot more deeper discussions uh, from you and values from you, and I would like to invite myself uh, somewhere down the future to do a Julian Arnold's uh, two two point, two point oh. Um we, we can we can specialize certain uh, certain uh, um, topics. Um, but this is my first time. I don't think we, we met in person yet, and you just gave me this this amazing uh, values for myself, for yourself, for your family, and also for the tennis uh, community. So. Um, Behalf of Tennis of Melbourne, I want to thank you. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to our next convo uh, in the future. And uh, last but not least, um yeah, Blake, if you're listening,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's asleep at the moment.
0: <laughs> no, when she when she get gets well, older, you know, I'll, I'll send it to her. But oh uh, you no, know, um, yeah, thanks for your time. And uh, it's a
1: very child friendly podcast. This one, there's no swearing, these things. I'm sure. <laughs> actually, I'm sure she'll be fine.
0: You know, when you say about swearing, right? I was thinking that uh, I want to do what like. Personally, I don't, I don't swear. Like, if you, if you ever hear me swearing and you look at the sky, yep. it's, it's, probably blue moon. It, it's just my nature. I just don't swear. I, but, but. I uh, listened to the,
1: uh, I think you had a podcast with Woofa the other way. Oh, that is different. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and he, and he said something, like some swear word or whatever. He goes, Oh, sorry, I didn't mention it. <laughs> <But, laughs> Woofer's <an> absolute
0: <laughs> but that That's Woofer. That's what I was thinking that, yep. um, Maybe in the future, if I want to spice things up a little bit, if if coaches really want to say something a little bit more natural and raw, uh, I'll yep. probably just put a um, a little uh, uh, caption saying you know MA 15 yep. plus and stuff like that. And yep. I, I know i will be probably one of the candidates in, in that convo. <laughs> but um, if if there is a need or whatever, if it's really expressing certain things uh um, more than happy yeah. and uh, and that goes to tennis parent coaches and whatnot but again um all in all, it's uh it's been like as you say it's it's a friendly easy you know combo where you can listen while you work out or you when know, I start the day and i had i had a fan he literally um was like Tom, when did your combo come out today when you come out come out today so uh, yeah that's so, funny. Uh, it's been it's been uh every apart from every sunday every single day since the lockdown or the iso um, yep. and I'm looking at, this is 64th episode.
1: Oh, wow. That's good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Uh,
0: well, done well done. What was it? So mm-hmm. keep it up. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, for the last time, um, I'm going to let everyone go. Thanks Julian for, for the convo and I'll talk to you guys next time. See you. <laughs> no
1: Thanks Tom. Thanks for having me on mate. No problem. Bye bye. Ah, right, See ya.